0: You are a bold and courageous person, afraid of nothing. High on a hilltop near your home, there stands a dilapidated old mansion. Some say the place is haunted, but you don't believe in such myths. Oh.
1: back, my friends, to the InObscuria podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal, and we put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should have been. My name is Kevin Williams, and I'm joined by the utterly terrifying Count Robert Von Harrison.
2: <laughs> ah,
1: ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Happy Halloween, man. 50 episodes.
2: Count them. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Count one, Count two. one, two, all the way to 50, border people to death. <laughs> Happy anniversary.
1: Yeah, so this is a big one. This is a big one. We are one year into the podcast. We are my age. We are hitting, that we, we, <laughs> we are, we did a show for every year of your life. Exactly. We are hitting episode 50, and It's Halloween. The, yes. The, the trifecta here tonight.
2: Let me sidetrack you. For those of you just joining us, Kevin and I were in a band together many years ago, and we always had the best merch of any band out there because Kevin did it. He's amazing at graphic design. And now we have the best intros and, and ultra music because he's just knocking it out of the park with this one. I mean, I'm going to go to put that on repeat and just let that play at my next <laughs> Halloween party. That was pretty spectacular. Spooktacular. Uh, spook-
1: yes, yes. We have to use the correct Spooky. adjective Spoopy. in this Halloween yes. month that we're on, so yeah, thank you for that. Appreciate it. So, how was your uh, how was your weekend? You you told me you were gonna last podcast. You said you were taking a trip. I took a trip, put the dog
2: in the back seat, and uh, it was for his, one of his first big road trips, and he did okay. And uh, went to see family for the first time in ten months, thanks to this uh, COVID lockdown crap. So uh, it was nice to see family and uh, check on everybody, make sure everybody's cool, and uh, came right back, and it was was very therapeutic. It was nice.
1: You did a little work while you were there, I understand?
2: (laughs) Not too much. Just uh, helped a little bit of tree clearing, but most of it cleaned up. I went down to the Gulf Coast, and they've got hit a couple of times, but uh, the most recent one is about a month ago, and there's still two-story piles of debris. There's still hundreds and hundreds of giant oak trees and pecan trees on their sides because they haven't had time to clean them up. And this is another reason why I don't live on the Gulf coast anymore is because I got tired of that. You just having to live in that kind of devastation and never know what's going to hit you. It, it's a tough thing. So all my friends down there, on the Gulf coast, I feel your pain. We don't have anything like that up here in Atlanta. We'll have occasional tornado that'll clean a couple of streets up. But other than that, we don't have this to deal with the same stuff they do.
1: Well, man, you look pretty good because I, I thought you were going to come back missing limbs <laughs> or something. <laughs> left all so, the limbs that needed to be left. Yeah. Well, you know, your sister did send me, uh, she sent me something on a little text message. Oh, yeah? Um, so I, you can explain this after we listen to it. Okay. But she sent me this over the weekend. <laughs>
2: It's not too far from that. I mean, you you missed the stump pulling just two hours ago. Oh, here? Yeah, here. I I got bored and there was a stump and I took my truck to it and yanked it out of the ground after about four tries. And yeah, we had a little redneck circus right in the front yard. So there was nobody to witness
1: it, but it was still fun. Nice. Well, after you cut your limbs off, go listen to the Slamfest podcast, metal up your podcast, the Dummy Room, Pot of Thunder, Decibel Geek, Podcast Rock City, Cobras and Fire, Growing Up Rock, Rock 10, Kistory Science Theater, The Podcast, The Kiss Room, I Love It Loud, Cast, <laughs> Ages <laughs> of Rock, The Synaptic Empire, and Monty's Rockcast. Whew. Yeah, save yeah. the best to last. Go listen to all those. Monty's great guy. I know you do. Yeah. I know oh, yeah. you listen to them every Every, day. every,
2: every single one, front to back. and backwards sometimes.
1: Multiple times yeah, multiple on times. single episodes. Memorize I know how you them. are. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to come visit us at com. Like us, share us, recommend us all the stuff on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join in heated debates like I'm having with Captain Ryan right now about which Doc and Song really rocks. Yes, that's the kind of stuff that you can get on our social media.
2: And that so band Crocus we involved. talked about. <laughs>
1: Crocus. Crocus. Yeah, Yeah, he thought it was Dokken.
2: Dokken and Crocus, the two bands that uh, we had to correct him on.
1: I I actually thought it was Dokken as well when I was a kid. And I remember... Did it have the umlauts? No, but I I remember there was a shirt and it said, I should have clued in. This is how stupid I was. The shirt said, Rockin' with Dokken. Of course, that didn't ring a bell. But they spelled Rockin' with two Ks just uh like Dokken is. And I'm like, Rockin' with Dokken. I don't get it. (laughs) We we all have to grow yeah, up. Yeah, we all. that's grow how up. smart of a guy I was. Well, hey, man, it's Celebration Day. I'm not going to do anything special here. Happy one-year anniversary, happy episode 50, and happy Halloween. So I thought we'd do a little year in review first, because we've come a long way, man, yes, we from, have.
2: from episode one. Little baby podcasters.
1: And I, I wanted to do a couple of thank yous, because this podcast would not exist without some people. And before I even reached out to you, Robert. I reached out to my friends that I made over the years. I reached out to Pot of Thunder and Decibel Geek, Podcast Rock City and Growing Up Rock. All the guys in, in those podcasts I, I sent a note to them. I said, This is what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think? I even created the website and the logo before I even reached out to you just to see if this was something that could fly. A test run, yeah. Yeah. And they were they were all very positive and gave me feedback Andy Jones from Pot of Thunder, he sent me pictures of his whole setup because I was clueless as to how I could even do this. Mm-hmm. And I think Andy is the reason that I had that extra cable that we never used. Didn't The need. mystery cable. The mystery cable. We so, plugged
2: in every single time. Thanks, Andy. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so just thank you to those guys. Yeah. And and also thank you to Cobras on Fire and the podcast. So all of those podcasts that I just named have all name dropped us. They've all helped market us on social media and we're just so grateful. Thank you for, uh, you know, just welcoming us to this whole podcast world. It it
2: definitely helped. We appreciate the shout outs and the love. So thank you again.
1: Yeah. I hate that we couldn't get together in August. We were supposed to do the, the rock and pod expo in Nashville. Hopefully, uh, it'll come around next year and we can can do it again.
2: We'll be all vaccinated and, cleaned up by then, exactly
1: and then i also wanted to thank some of our listeners who have come on board and and most of these listeners have been there since day one and are always commenting and really keeping keeping us going every week so bill elam jason kearney jeff taylor brad Rustavin, craig elvin joey hall jay shabluski nick jones captain ryan yes and jeremy zamora Yeah, absolutely so thank you to all of those guys. And speaking of the last two, the other thing I'll mention is we've we've had a few guests on the show, and I think those episodes have gone really well. So I've mentioned Captain Ryan and Jeremy. We've had them both on. I think the Jeremy episode was one of my favorite episodes of all time. <laughs> yes. Mainly because I was force-feeding you vodka. Yeah, we were hammered. Yeah, or were you, what were you drinking? I think, I know Jeremy and I were drinking vodka. Oh, uh, rum. You had. you had rum. Yeah, I was, I was oh, on the okay. rum rum train that night. Yeah, that's a really funny episode. Go back and, and listen to the wild card episode. That was a lot of fun. And then also, at the end of last year, early, I think it was episode eight, perhaps, when I was doing some recording with The Swear, I had Elizabeth and Kent come on and, and do a couple songs each or three songs each, whatever it was. And that was really fun, too. So thank you to them. And then I thought it might uh, be interesting for you to hear because I, I get these. I didn't pay for the big podcast hosting package where I can see every metric that's known to man. What? So I I get the very minimal metrics. But what I can see are the top episodes of all time. So the top five episodes that we have in our our 50 episodes to date, we have, it makes sense, the number one downloaded episode for us is episode one. So I think even though you can come in at any time, people still start at the beginning.
2: In case it's chronological, you want to get the story from the beginning.
1: Which it's kind of alarming. It makes me want to go back and re-edit the first episode a little bit because I know what I We should, I do, we should re-record was doing. it completely and just call it episode one
2: and, and <laughs> act like we're total professionals from the day one.
1: Well, this tells me that every episode we should call episode one.
2: Yeah, just if that's, going forward, a, if that's the most downloaded episode, one. Yeah,
1: that yeah. would help. Yeah, that's marketing right there. <laughs> the second most listened to episode, and this is surprising to me, is episode 22, the, the episode that we did on Hours, the band Hours. Really? Re- yeah, it's it's almost in fact it's almost caught up to episode 1 and that was episode 22. So. I thought it was
2: going to be Manic Street Preachers.
1: No, I, I thought the same thing. No, that's not in the top 5. Huh. As big as Manic Street Preachers are, but we're not a, you know, we're not in the UK, so maybe that's we're true. not hitting all those people that we could possibly hit. We have a few listeners.
2: Uh, you know, they, can, they can still dial Ireland in though, Scotland. The internet reaches over here. Come on,
1: guys. Well, when we we can go ahead and talk about that. So I also have top five countries. So we, we are mostly a U.S., uh, you know, a, a large percentage are U.S. listeners. And it's weird. If you look at our listeners, it's East Coast. So up the entire, the, you know, heavy in the South. Pretty heavy in a lot the north. Heavy in
2: the south. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we do have a lot of heavies. Uh, most of our listeners are in the south, and then it kind of skews to the northeast and the west coast, and not a whole lot in the middle of the country.
2: Well, because there's not a whole lot in the middle of the country. There's there's some farms. Well, okay. You're throwing some wisdom on me. Okay, yeah. maybe. They call it flyover country.
1: All right. So the, the third most downloaded episode is episode 11, our tribute to Neil Peart. Oh, yeah. It makes that sense. Good. He's not obscure. So nope. we would get more hits on that. Uh, number four is episode six, Beneath the Hair. So we've actually done, I think, three volumes of, of uh, Beneath the Hair. So mm-hmm. the very first volume of Beneath the Hair is a big one. And then the fifth most listened to episode, again, surprising to me, is episode 11, Visual K. So, Japanese visual K. That was
2: a weird topic, so that's interesting that people tune in.
1: Yeah, it tells me we're going to hit that. We're going to
2: hit that again. Well, the lead singer from the Outfield passed away yesterday, so I think if we do a tribute episode to him, it would be huge. I mean, their
1: their one hit was was huge. There are people that love that band. I know Brad Rustam was on. He was on Facebook today talking about how much he loves that band and, and even growing up rock. I I couldn't tell you anything more. I than can't even the remember the guy's singles. name. May rest
2: in peace. I yeah. I just there were I know a couple of people that would you know follow them almost like the dead, and I'm like yeah. okay,
1: yeah, not not one that I ever went yeah. I
2: could never sing it He had such a high voice So I I think that's one reason That I instinctively Didn't pay attention Because I I can never sing that It's like trying to sing Getty
1: Lee It's like three octaves Above my range So Yeah It's weird I can tell you about These obscure bands But then these mainstream bands The mainstream stuff I I don't know them I got you covered on that Brad Rustrevan He did an episode on I think he had Foreigner I don't know anything About Foreigner Never listened to them, Other than the radio I don't know anything About them Uh, What was the other one REO Speedwagon I don't know A thing
2: Kevin Cronin is just a glorious person. I mean, you should get to know him better. Yep. He's a wonderful man. Just kind. Okay. I'm, I'm making that up. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So back to the top five countries. So obviously U.S. The number two country is our friends in Canada, followed by Australia, the Netherlands, and France and then and then the UK's right We've on talked down.
2: about France before but mm-hmm.
1: Netherlands? The Netherlands is one that's just huh? crept up there all of a sudden. We had originally we had uh, that. we had Germany and the UK and they've kind of dropped down and now it's the Netherlands and France who yeah, are Netherlands so,
2: are kicking ass. Come so on guys, thanks. Thank
1: you. And even Sweden was in there. I'll
2: say thank you in Netherish
1: In <laughs> Hollandish. Hollandish, yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know nothing about geography so nothing. please excuse us. Sorry. We're Americans. They'd you got exactly, us. We're idiots. One of the cool things, or a couple of the cool things that have come out of doing this podcast is I got connected with Jimmy Hazel. We did an episode on 24-7 Spies, one of my all-time favorite groups, and the next thing I know, I'm... I'm having Facebook message and sessions with Jimmy going back and forth. And I'm just like, Jimmy, you know, so you're cool. going to
2: pass through Atlanta at some point.
1: Stop oh, he, by. And oh, he and a I, we, yeah. He and I were talking about that. Yeah, yeah So he was supposed to here. be here in June, but the pandemic put a stop at that. Well, so maybe next
2: spring we'll do something when it warms uh, up. We
1: will see them. And then also um, I've had connections to the band hours and we did the, remember we did the unsigned artist Oh, episode yeah. and the band from texas the heroine they reached out to me as well cool
2: so, very cool this stuff. is an interesting way to connect with some of those bands that you just become a listener and it's very divided and then all of a sudden you talk about them and you make a connection and it just makes the music even more personal because now you know the people that are making this music instead of just talking about them from afar so i think that's kind of a cool thing that's evolved out of the podcast
1: absolutely so any anything that sticks out to you favorite episodes or or categories or anything we've done over the last year? I mean, I did enjoy the goth.
2: Some of the stuff is real obscure and I have no clue what you're talking about, which is painfully obvious sometimes. But on some of the topics that were closer to my wheelhouse, that it got my brain going even more. So, yeah, there there were some of those that uh, anything, the heavier punk groove motorhead type stuff, obviously is going to appeal to me more. So, I don't know. I, I I celebrate the entire catalog.
1: Well, I have the list in front of <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, so I don't I'm know. I don't at at you. know you numbers. Don't I
2: don't know numbers. Right. right. Like Podcast twenty two. That was awesome. Well, there. <laughs> I really enjoyed that
1: one. Twenty two, huh? What was that? Well, I don't know. I have two 23s in here. I don't have a twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> our, our accounting sucks. Why are like, they counting? I think you like the first twenty three. First twenty three. Really first twenty three. Yeah. 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 It was seventies rock and punk and metal. Yeah. That was one, yeah.
2: On the, uh, the I, I tell you, the one I, you know the one I hated, the 70s glam. Oh, yeah. That was just yeah. too weird and So too we won't creepy. be doing an episode two no, of that one. But you get into the 80s glam, you know, hair bands, then I'm back into it. So I'm, I'm going to go step <laughs> out when we talk about 70s glam. I can't believe that bubblegum
1: glam creeped you out that much. Oh,
2: come on. Come on. <laughs> you start off with Gary Glitter, and that just set the tone. And then the music actually lived up to his creepiness. Even though it wasn't him, it was his band, yeah. it still lived up to his creepiness.
1: And <laughs> you were creeped out by the heavy metal kids. I don't think I'll be playing them again. Yeah. You didn't like the squalid A.N. No, that was pretty much that. Get, me, get in my car, little girl. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> So I've really, obviously, I always have a lot of passion when I do any of the Japanese stuff. I love doing the Japanese episodes. Even though I don't speak Japanese and I don't really know that much, mm. I just wing it.
2: I enjoy those from the standpoint of admiring the talent in those bands. I don't know a lot about it. The costumes are hilarious and the makeup right. and all that. It's just, oh my God, I don't have that kind of skill to outfit my look. I was never into my look when we were in a band. We just, I wore t t-shirt and jeans, but I admire people that do have that kind of style. But the talent, those guys, I'm like, cross the board, every single band you play, played every member was uber talented and had speed from hell to be
1: able to play what they play yeah yeah I remember it was a little taxing on you listening to some of that because you can't understand the lyrics and
2: yeah that's you're trying to imagine what they're emoting and it's just
1: (laughs) (laughs) but if I can think of three episodes that that you and I have just when I listen back to them doing the edits I'm like wow we're actually giddy when we're doing this it's the funk episodes (laughs) okay I I should have said that
2: I mean I I enjoyed when we had guests in but the funk because that's the reason I like it it gets me going I, I can't sit still it's some of that music that just I can't sit still to it it's a dance party and and i don't dance i do not dance but i move around kind of like epileptic style we
1: we do the white person shuffle yeah
2: i kind of yeah in in place i stay in my zone over here but i just can't sit still it's great
1: Well, man, it's been a blast. I hope we can keep this thing going. And thank you to everyone who is actually still listening to this episode right now. So we are going to get into the content. Let's do a little Halloween, man. It's Halloween. Let's let's get spook into some it up. spooky selections. We want the spook. Yeah, so this, this episode we are going to call Chilling, Thrilling Sounds of Rock and Punk and Metal. So we're going to play some Halloween songs per Kevin. Not Halloween. Oh, we might play some Halloween, too. Okay, just yeah, clarify yeah. that. Halloween and Halloween. All We're, celebra- we're celebrating all of Because
2: they should be celebrated all year, they but really should. this time of year especially.
1: But first, I looked up the 10 Halloween songs that rock. That was what I searched in Google, and here's, here's what I got. Not Monster Mash. <laughs> well, that, that gets a notable mention, I think. Okay. I mean, you know, that's a perennial favorite. Yes. That was right. You were know, correct. You use the word in the correct context. I did you get use to, the right you, word, didn't drink. I? Drink. You get to drink for that, okay. yes. <laughs> okay, so coming in at number 10, Season of the Witch by Donovan. What? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say Season of the Abyss or something, or what's the uh, I actually like Slayer that song. song.
1: Oh, uh, Seasons, in, Seasons in the Abyss. Seasons in the Abyss. Seasons. Sorry. I was like, yeah. that's a good Halloween song. Yeah, you know, there's no Slayer on here. Oh, well, let me just go ahead and throw keep this out. out I don't let me just go ahead and throw this out. Yeah. So other than the, the notables that you always hear at any Halloween party that you go to, Screaming Jay Hawkins, I Put a Spell on You, You Always yeah. Hear, Bobby Pickett, The Monster Mash, mm-hmm. Oingo Boingo, Dead Man's Party, yeah. Rockwell, Somebody's Watching Me, Ray Parker Jr., Ghostbusters, and then there's, there's just Rob Zombie. Any song yeah, works. Throw in a zombie, Dracula, Mar- Marilyn Manson, any song works. Any black metal, any death metal, any grindcore. N- none of them are represented in this list, but it's anything, anything from of any of those genres era. could work. They're not on this list. So, number 10 was Donovan, who was, who was a hippie and folky guy. It was psychedelic and in a way. It, it was, was psychedelic, but that's actually a really cool song. All right. So, number nine, absolutely, I Love the Dead, Alice Cooper. Absolutely. Okay. That's, a, that's a great one. Coming in, at number eight. Bella Lugosi's Dead, The Bauhaus. That was what I mentioned last week. You did. Number seven, Highway to Hell. Mm, eh, it's, you know, it's too it, happy. It fits thematically with yeah. the title. Number six, Bark at the Moon, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, I'll give you yeah. that. Video's great. Man Even here. better is number five, Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath. That is a creepy song still to this day. It was. Number four. Oh man, the Black Sabbath album cover. You ever you ever just looked at the first album cover? It's creepy as hell. I'm
2: drawing a blank. Oh,
1: it's so good. Go look at the first cover of, of right. Black Sabbath. It's it's for when it came out. It's super creepy. Number four. One of my favorites, Pet Cemetery, the Ramones. Love it. I loved that. <laughs> That's out of left field. I wouldn't have thought of that. I love it. Number three, Trick or Treat by Fastway. Never, never heard saw, of it. you never, never saw heard that. Of that. You never saw Trick or Treat yeah. the movie. It's a really no. bad. Uh, it's sort of a horror, funny movie. Cheesy it, horror. It has, uh, it's so way did all the music for it. It's about a about a rock star that comes back to his hometown, and he he's demonic, he's possessed, and mm. this kid's really into him, and then he basically ends up killing the entire high school. It's great. Because that happens. It's yeah, great. Happens and, and Ozzy Osbourne makes a cameo. He's a preacher in it, and then Gene Simmons has a cameo. He is the radio DJ who also gets killed. So anyway, Fast Way. Uh, we've talked about them before, but it was Fast Eddie Clark and, and Pete Way. from So you had Fast Eddie Clark from Motorhead and Pete Way from UFO. They were putting a band together, and then before they even ever recorded, Pete Way left. <laughs> so they, they just kept the name. Pete Way was never really in it. Uh, I'm out. But they did have the uh, the lead singer who would go on to be in um, Flog and Molly. Oh, yeah, that yeah, Irish band. Yeah. The Dave, Irish. Dave King from Floggin' The Flog, Irish band. Yeah, Dave King from Flog and Molly. He was originally in Fastway.
2: I know one Fastway song, Say You Will, and that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's the depth one. of my knowledge when oh, it comes to Fastway.
1: Anyway, that's number three. Number two, Don't Fear the Reaper, Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, that was obvious. How didn't it's think of that. One. That is completely obvious. And the number one is the most obvious of all, Thriller. Michael Jackson I'm thinking rock songs I guess it's rock yeah. pop I don't know It's this is Google man who yeah, knows yeah I know but
2: that's if it, if you, the one that uh, Eddie played on one and then I learned today I didn't know but the guitarist from Toto did the session tracks for the rest of the album so the rest of that song except for the solo Eddie played the solo uh, to beat it and then there, the session guy from Toto did the rest of that Steve, I thought it was kind of cool his name Steve, Steve Lucather yeah Lucather that sounds about right yeah
1: Anyway, I just I, I have all a total things, album I give
2: it a little bit like my respect level went up just a couple more notches when I found out about that because I always liked it because Eddie, then you got somebody as talented as that guy playing the rest of it. I'm like, all right, I'll give him that much.
1: Well, that was Google's list. Let's get into our list and let's really celebrate Halloween. We're going to get a little little darker, dark and little you darker know We're going to go that. dark and deep. And we should start with Samhain. Samhain? That's how you pronounce it in Gaelic. Oh, Irish Gaelic. And Samhain is actually the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter. It's the dark half of the year. It's not Samhain. And it was, it was originally celebrated on October 31st to November 1st. And then there was something on November 1st and November 2nd called All Saints Day mm-hmm. and All Souls Day. They combined all those together and now we have Halloween. Thanks to the Catholic Church. But originally the pagans, it was called Samhain. And it actually looks like Samhain. It's the way it reads phonetically. So we're going to talk about. I've Samhain. seen that. Okay, I've
2: seen that before, I didn't know yeah. it, that's you no, really pronounce it. Samhain. It's
1: pronounced "Sowin." The band. Damn, throwing knowledge on me like that. Man, man, I'm just I'm going Bam. deep. I'm going deep. One expecting that. But the band is either Sam Hain or Sam mm-hmm. is an American or was an American death rock metal horror punk band formed by Glenn Danzig in 1983 when he left the Misfits. He formed this band, Samhain. That's where, I've,
2: that's where I've seen it before. We we talked about that. Yeah, so he,
1: the Misfits weren't around that long. I mean, it's amazing that all this merch and everything yeah. still exists and all this presence for the Misfits. We talked about that in our Metallica episode. Thanks to Cliff Burton, that's why they're still on the map. And he went into this band, Hain afterwards. Similar looking logo and featured the little skull guy that he would adopt as Danzig. Mm-hmm but people don't know this band for some reason. This is the one in between, the middle kid. Glenn Dazig originally planned this as a side project with bass player Erie Vaughn, and I actually got to meet Erie Vaughn. He lives in Nashville, and I met him at the Rockin' Pod twice. So the past previous two years, he was at Rockin' Pod selling his book and and art and stuff like that. So he's a cool dude. He formed this band with Erie Vaughn in 1983, and they've had four releases, really only two while they were active, and eventually when Rick Rubin signed them, he wanted Danzig to get a whole different band, and he said, no, I want Erie Vaughn to be my bass player, we'll just change the name, and so they changed the name to Danzig, and that's why we have Danzig to this day. So this band was really the first incarnation of Danzig, and what better person to kick off a Halloween episode than Danzig, the Dark Elvis (laughs) <laughs> Gothbus. And I'm going to play the song. Of course, I'm going to play this song because it's called Halloween 2.
2: was a great song to start off with that set the mood i don't know if they ever did a video for that song but if they did i hope to god it was glenn looking like a choral director with a room full of zombies that he's trying to direct (laughs) and sing in unison because that's what it sounded like it sounded like he was leading a bunch of zombies trying to sing this song which is exactly what it needed to sound like that wasn't a mistake at all i think he totally knew what he was doing there
1: Yes, we have we have kicked off the spirit of Halloween. Yeah. And
2: speaking of zombies, I now kind of made the connection between that song and Rob Zombie. If you would just sped that up like five notches, it would have been a Rob Zombie song. So yeah, a did, little
1: more industrial. Did, yeah, a
2: little just a little, but that same kind of just pounding away you know, from start to finish, no crescendos or anything.
1: It just kind of starts kicking your ass the first downbeat. Absolutely. And that, you know, that's a big difference that came out in 86 and that's a big difference from what he was doing in Misfits Mm. to, to then, but it perfectly sets up where he was going with Danzig because I always considered Danzig more of a metal band Mm. than a punk band. But this is somewhere in between definitely that kind of death punk, death rock. I don't know what you want to call it, but I just call it good, good and creepy. There's something about the recordings too. Misfits recordings are crap mm. Samhain recordings are pretty crap But something about that crappy recording Lends itself to the eeriness of it
2: Yeah, that one specifically Because they were going for something Like I said, inside, it was recorded inside a haunted house <laughs> Yeah Not a real one, but like a haunted, haunted house You would pay ten bucks to go studio. through Yeah, just, they <laughs> rounded up a bunch of the extras From the haunted house in character Said, alright, here's the lyrics I want you to sing this And it took
1: 30 <laughs> seconds to get them to sing it Nice. And it was perfect. Well, let's move on to song number two. And this is one I think that hits home for you a little bit more. This is Type O Negative. Mm, Yes. An American gothic metal band formed in Brooklyn, New York in 1989 out of the ashes of a thrash band called Carnivore. And the lead singer was a guy named Peter Steele. All seven feet tall of him. He's actually six foot eight inches. Mm Yeah, that guy was huge. No longer with us. He he's now officially a vampire, but he looked like a vampire. I think at one point he even had his teeth done. Oh really yeah. kind of shaved. Uh, no, or I filed. I don't, or he had implants Inblance. or something. Okay. He he definitely had vampire teeth. But he was just this towering, lumbering dude. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I ever saw them was on MTV, the video for Black Number One, and he is holding an upright base. Playing it like a guitar, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look that big it on fits. him. It fits <laughs>
2: proportionally. It fits. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen. The he's got it
1: strapped. Up. I'm like, wow, that dude must be huge. He, arms to end all arms. Yeah, he's a big guy. Big voice. Big booming baritone. But he could scream pretty high too. He, he was a great singer. Mm-hmm. Great fit for what they did. I mean, it was it was truly gothic metal. I, I don't. I can't think of another band that fits that description better than Typo Negative. Because they had a little bit of pop sensibility, they had because they had keyboards, mm-hmm. so they would throw some interesting sounds in with what they were doing. They always had humor in their music; it was always a bit tongue in cheek, but at the same time, it was brilliantly done. And I thought it was interesting because Peter Steele, he actually worked for the New York City Department of Parks and Recreation, and he he did so until he had to go actually leave to go on tour but I think what I heard was when he came back from a tour he would actually go back to work
2: that's basically just (laughs) put him on furlough and then he would come back and go back active
1: but I looked up what he actually did and he he worked in the Brooklyn Heights Promenade and he did park maintenance he drove garbage trucks and steamrollers and he was a supervisor (laughs) Can you imagine that news your supervisor? I need you to pave that pothole over there. Uh, I need you to go over there and get that trash. And if you don't, I will bite you on the neck. I'll snap your neck with <laughs> my vocal cords. snap chords. you in two. <laughs> All
2: right, sir. Yes, sir.
1: So some other things he's known for. If you go back to the late 90s, uh, he was on several of the talk shows of the time. So he was on Ricky Lake. He was on Jerry Springer. He was on Howard Stern several times. Just uh, He was an interesting person that was always controversial. And uh, the other thing he did, he actually did a Playgirl centerfold in 1995.
2: <laughs> It was like extra center for that extra page to fold out. It must
1: have been. Yeah. It must have been an extra fold in that thing. Yeah. I, you know, I I don't think I have that episode. You should look that up. I don't think I have that. You should look that up. Yeah. I really don't want to.
2: You can put it on private. Your
1: your browser history on private. You don't have to have that show up. I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) In 2005, he was suffering from paranoia caused by heavy substance abuse. And he was also diagnosed bipolar. And so he went into rehab and then he also did a stint. It was a bad year for him. He also did a stint in prison for assault. Apparently his girlfriend's ex, he took care of him. Oh, <laughs> good God.
2: Can you imagine? Like You start yeah. dating somebody, and she starts telling you stories, and you find out that's her ex, and you're like, oh, God,
1: no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he spent 30 days in prison. And then by 2007, this is interesting, he he'd always been an atheist, and in 2007, he started identifying as a Roman Catholic, and then he died of sepsis in 2010. What is, is sepsis? So sepsis is where your organs shut down from, uh, I believe, some type of yeah, a virus or virus or, or, or something. something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, he was he wasn't even fifty. He was 48 when Damn. he died. Fortunately for us, we got seven releases from 1991 to 2007. Several of them. Well, as you say, the the second album, uh, "Bloody Kisses," went platinum, and several of the albums did go gold. So they had some success early on. Mm-hmm. I think later in their career, not as much. I am going to play from probably their most depressing album, but it's also really good. It's one that originally I didn't I, I didn't like it as much as the other albums. This is uh, from "World Coming Down," which was their fourth album, I believe. And it didn't have the same kind of humor about it as the other albums before it going back and listening later now it's one of my favorites it's the only one i have on vinyl actually but i'm going to play a song for halloween called everyone i love is dead
0: But mostly they helped No hill to hide
3: But you still must
0: All we clean's head It's just like Creeping over there
2: Two years ago, 2018, I lost my father, Uh, I lost my best friend, lost some other friends. It was a horrible time in my life. It was a really dark time for me, all within about six months. And so as an artist, I sometimes deal with things by making art, and that's my therapy. And so I made an art piece inspired by the loss and the death, and it worked on it for about a month, maybe six weeks. And every time I went in my shop, this was the soundtrack. This song would hit me every time, Love You to Death, which is my other favorite song by them. It's such a powerful song. It's really dark, but it's also very cathartic if you listen to the words. Mm -hmm. And God, that got me through a really hard time. Uh, I get emotional just thinking about it. And so we play it jokingly as this Halloween dark song, but it's so powerful. I mean, that guitar, holy crap, it's one step away from just static. It mm-hmm. is so fuzzy and heavy. It's on that spectrum where just a couple more notches and it just would have been inaudible. But I love it. It's so powerful. And his you combine that with his voice and then just the lyrics where he doesn't use, sometimes his lyrics aren't that flowery. He just comes out and says, God damn it, you're just mad. You want to just curse and yell and scream. And yep. he, that's what he puts into his lyrics. And it, it just resonated with me. So I'm glad you played that for Halloween, but also just for... In that, When you're in that dark space, sometimes you need music to kind of cut through and grab you
1: and then help you along through that phase. It's, it's so poignant what you just said because you don't even know the backstory of this album. And the backstory of this album, the reason that it's so dark and it doesn't contain that humor that they mm. had put into previous albums is because of the exact same thing that you just said. Peter Still lost... Family members, he lost people that was close to him mm. during this time. This was his darkest time, and this song especially was written. Is this is not poet, you know, poetic writing. This is no, just it him just comes saying, Everyone out. Everyone I love is
2: dead. And yeah. that's what I was feeling yeah. where you know things were leaving me qu- very quickly. But you didn't even know that. Right? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. But you know you know it deep down when that song connects with you. It doesn't matter what it is. It'd be a happy yeah. song, sad song, angry song, but you know when you connect with a song like that, it's something. and listen to it over and over again. Once again, thanks to your iPod. That, no. But <laughs> you still have. I still have. It's very safe. It's <laughs> it's it's locked away in a lockbox. But no, that that soundtrack it brings me back to that. And it's yeah. I don't want to relive the dark emotions, but I want to relive coming out of those emotions where you start to deal with it and you come right. out of that dark place and you reemerge and that, that's uh something that I do wanna relive.
1: Well man yeah, I mean grief is real. Yeah. And it's uh and it is a it is a true human process. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that somebody can oh he's grieving like I think some people would think oh whatever Yeah. just get over it that's that's not how the human process works no, you it have is, to is a work true through process it. and
2: that was me working through it you can go to therapy and try to force your way through it no it's got to happen and yeah. th- that's that process it was beautiful like I don't want to relive the dark emotions but the, the beauty of going through that is what I, I appreciate
1: we're getting deep here but the you know the other thing I mean Halloween is a pagan holiday yeah but it was actually a celebration of exactly what we're talking about mm. because it, was, it had to do with the harvest, right? And it had to do with death of the crops mm. and everything else. Getting going ready for into, winter. And going into a really dark place for people back in a time where when it was fall and wintertime, there wasn't a whole lot to eat. And mm. you were going to lose some of your tribe, just due to the,
2: and plus in some of the Scandinavian the, countries, it gets dark and it stays dark.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it was a real celebration of coping and grieving with what was to come. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're getting a little deep, but that's okay. I, I think that, it's good.
2: You can't touch on that subject, typo negative, without delving into some of that. Yeah,
1: I, I absolutely love that band, and I actually appreciate them more now than I did when I was in college. I discovered them when I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm and that was another one of those cassette tapes that never left my Walkman as I was going between classes.
2: It, yeah, it was one I would listen to if I heard it and go, oh, that's typo negative. I can recognize that. It was until I had uh, my own personal experience with it that they got elevated really high yeah. up into my top three or four bands probably.
1: I hate that I never saw them live. I don't ever remember them even coming here, but I know they no, did, but I'm I don't sure, ever but... remember seeing any... Um, you know, flyers or anything. I just hate that I didn't seek that out when I had the opportunity. Well, there's some live footage on your iPod or live recordings on your iPod. It's pretty
2: cool. Listen to that. He's yeah. yelling at people in the crowd and stuff, yeah, like that's, threatening
1: them. That's, I
2: think somebody threw a water bottle and he's like,
1: bring it on, man. So that was their second release, uh, Origin of the Feces. Yes, yeah, Origin of the Feces. And um, <laughs> I think it's, a, it's one of those mock live albums where they kind of did it in the studio. Oh, really? Yeah. It had me fooled. Totally had me fooled. But anyway, well, let's move on. Uh, you know, why don't we lighten it up? We're going to talk about an American woman who was the main suspect in 1892 for the axe murders of her father and stepmother in Fall River, Massachusetts. A little, light, little lightening Oh, yeah, there. definitely lighten that up. Mass murder. Lizzie Borden was tried and acquitted of the murders. However, there's still, to this day, we're still talking about Lizzie Borden and... Did she or did she not? Because her house just went up for sale again last week. I know that. How do you know that?
2: Well, you know, I I try to stay abreast of the real estate market. Well, that's what you're looking for when it comes to Lizzie Borden's houses that people have been killed
1: in. (laughs) Hobby of mine. You really do belong on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, it also happens to be an American heavy metal band formed in LA in 1983. Lizzie Borden. And similar to Alice Cooper, the band and the lead singer have the same murderous name. So Alice Cooper, I think, was the template for Lizzie Borden, obviously, because Alice Cooper was also a female who was a murderer and Alice Cooper took that name, the Alice Cooper that we know today. And then Marilyn Manson did the same damn then thing Manson again. And Marilyn Manson did the same thing. So the template has been tried. And worked. Several times. And it's worked it for everyone working. that, I, that <laughs> yeah. I know of. Now, Lizzie Borden, not quite to not the quite, level yeah. of the other two, but... I've at least heard of them. Yeah. Uh, however, they do have seven full-length albums from 83 to 2018 was her last one. And I think part of the reason maybe they they never quite made it... I mean, they definitely had some... They had some success, but th- their music was kind of all over the board. And even early on, they were traditional heavy metal. They were power metal. They were could consider them glam metal at some points. They the reason I know about them is I remember seeing not only ads for their their albums in Hit Parader and Circus back in the day, but when I saw the Metal Years Part Two, there was, they were featured in that. So that's how I knew of Lizzie Borden. It's an interesting band. They their later albums now are more they're just odd to me they didn't they, they haven't aged well let me just say that to me but um, the members or the music I, I know Aaron Camaro on Decibel Geek he is a Lizzie Borden fan loves everything that Lizzie's ever done and that's fine Aaron I'll stick to the older stuff we're gonna play something from 1985 off their first uh, true album Love You to Pieces we're gonna play Psychopath cause that sounds yeah, Halloween to me
2: off a lot of people here by saying that his vocals had just a couple of things in common with Getty Lee that I couldn't stop thinking about. It just, it's psychopath. <laughs> he just had some <laughs> inflections like that. It yeah. sounded just like Getty Lee. So I'm sorry. I apologize to everybody that just pissed off I, saying,
1: comparing to I think you're Getty right Lee on. I think, <laughs> I think that Lizzie Borden came from Alice Cooper and Kiss and Rush. Oh, and this Deep was Purple. 85, you said? Eighty-five. Oh yeah, this is we're I mean, still in the hangover of the seventies arena rock. Yeah, I mean, obviously some Black Sabbath thrown in, and a lot of Alice Cooper. I mean, the whole psychopath thing and playing that character in the middle of the song—very Alice Cooper. Yeah, I'm sure at the time Alice probably wasn't so happy with <laughs> with
2: Lindsey Borden, but he was fat and happy by in 1985. So he was still probably like rolling. No, he had billion-dollar babies that come out in 85. Oh, yeah. That's the 70s. That was
1: 73.
2: 70, oh, no, okay. What is the one I'm thinking? Uh, You're
1: thinking of Trash. Uh,
2: trash, yeah. The one where yeah, Meatloaf wrote a, his big power ballad hit. 80,
1: was it? 89? 80, oh, okay. It was later, late 89. 80s. Yeah, that's when he really hit it. Yeah. But uh, um, were uh,
2: I don't I couldn't tell you anything about that band other than I knew their name. So, do they play up that horror yes. psycho connection in most of their music? Is that a common theme?
1: Yeah, it's a, yeah because Lizzie plays he basically plays the part of Alice Cooper just like Alice okay. does. I mean that that sort so of, that is their persona and they have the whole uh, their stage show a lot of props a lot okay. of well, a shock value, though. Though. It's I mean it's rock, it, it's, you know?
2: it's kind of fun to get into the props and the scary stuff and yeah, fake blood. Yeah,
1: you know it's kind of not quite on the gore level but it's it's close it's a
2: mannequin with scary outfits on so the
1: the other thing i remember about lizzie borden growing up was he was he was also featured on the uh it's a really bad b movie called black roses Mm -hmm. which is another one of these 80s horror movies that is about a band who comes to town and kills everybody (laughs) so (laughs)
0: we're slaying them no really we just killed everybody yeah
1: yeah but he had a song called "Me Against the World" featured on that soundtrack, and I actually have—I picked that up several years ago. I used to go into my my little hometown. It was called Square Records, and they had—they did rented videos, mm-hmm. and they had music, and that's where I got all my music as a child. And I would used to go over to the rental section in the '80s, and I would—I would look at the horror movies because I loved horror movies, and I would always look at the box for Black Roses, and I'd read the back because had members of King Cobra and all the, and I don't know. I just remember that. And that's one of the places where I first read the name, Lizzie Borden Mm. and started, you know, kind of diving into it. But anyway, moving on, we're going to do a little American punk slash death rock slash art punk slash horror punk slash goth slash glam metal. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of different genres, a lot of different genres. Nope. We're going to talk about true sounds of Liberty. TSOL. Oh, yeah. We actually did an episode on TSOL. It was episode seven, but we talked about a particular lead singer named Joe Wood. I'm going to go pre Joe Wood. So, this band started as an American punk rock band from Long Beach, California, and they were one of the original hardcore punk bands to come out of the, the scene. They started in 78. So they were there with uh, all the bands that were kind of following that uh, SoCal punk formula in the early 80s, you know, that gave us social distortion and circle jerks, and TSOL was right there with them. Now, the original four-piece in this band only had three releases from 81 to 83, so not very long. And then the singer and kind of leader of the band, Jack Grissom, and the drummer, Todd Barnes, left. And... And what Jack did and what we talked about in our episode was he brought in his brother-in-law, Joe Wood, to take over as lead singer of the band. And so the TSOL that we covered in our episode Mm -hmm. was, was all about Joe Wood and the Joe Wood years, where he took them in a totally different direction. And that's how we got kind of that horror punk, goth, and glam metal. That's kind of when they went down that path. But they actually, prior to that, their three releases that they had... They were all over the board. Every release was different. So they they came out as a a typical hardcore band with their second release called Dance With Me in 81. They sort of invented death punk because, well, I shouldn't say that because the damned was there, but they kind of took the damned, the template of the damned, what they were doing in England. And so you got this kind of death punk, but it sounds California. And so I'm going to play from Dance With Me. It's a great album. And I'm going to play the song... Silent scream, it's very Halloween.
3: Cobweb stare, the ancient bone. I'm the shadow ripping cobblestone. I'm the stagnant swamp, the black lagoon. I'm the branches scratching at the moon. I'm the funeral service, the unknown mourner. I'm the demon cowering in the corner I'm the sextant spade, the new thrown clay I'm what's left when they walk away I'm the ebony coffin,
0: satir lining
3: the pale and lips in the bathroom dying The pale and lips in the bathroom dying The Walking Dead, the fly-by-night I'm the last of the fading light I'm the unbarred door, the open casement I'm the step leading down to the basement I'm the four-post bed, the let-down hair I'm the cross you forgot to wear I'm the highest voltage, the shining slab The crack of midnight in the doctor's lab I'm the... I'm Jonathan Harker, I'm Lucy's trance Elegant count, hypnotic glance I'm the wooden mallet, the sharpened stake I'm the precautions you forgot to take I'm the mummy's curse, the passing bell I'm the fortune that they wouldn't tell I'm pyromania, I'm Transylvania I'm out of breath, I'm worse than death With you the darkness waiting
2: Stupid punk songs Only two and a half minutes long Damn it I was just really getting into that <laughs> I know right In and so out you just Hit it and quit it yeah, well, Let's do it for the outro For the show So I can hear it again But I like that uh, i So tell me
1: the year again. 1981.
2: So I wonder if Michael Stipe was a fan of TSOL. Because that. Very similar voice. Very similar voice. And it was heavy, but not metal. I could see no, that kind they were, of sound. Yeah, they were a punk band.
1: Yeah. But like I said, with the next release, they would change their sound again. They added keyboards and did like this kind of psychedelic thing. So he yeah. was always changing up.
2: But it was heavy, but it was melodic. It wasn't just distortion. So that, I, I really liked that. I was surprised how much I liked that.
1: So we talked about the Joe Wood era. And then what happened was Jack and Todd came back and reunited with the other two who eventually left Joe's band. So mm-hmm. TSOL at one point TSOL was out without any original members. The original members got back together in 1991 and could not call themselves TSOL because there was another band already out already, there. It, it, the way it
2: evolved, yeah, they had the name. So they
1: they just spelled it backwards and called themselves Lost. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then so they put out some stuff, and then they I think they got pretty heavy into. Some some bad things and did a little time and Oops. they ended up coming back again after after Barnes died in the early 2000s and they they've sort of been going ever since and you and I saw T.S.O.L. we Which saw version? that version that's the, the version the we original saw. members the that original had gotten members back. yep with the exception of the guy that died yeah but yeah so they're they're still continuing on they they tour from time to time they put out albums from time to time one of my favorite bands of all time and actually another episode that. I absolutely love. It was one of our worst ever downloaded episodes. With TSOL. <laughs> the TSOL episode. Wow! It, if I... you didn't, if you're out there listening right now and you didn't give that episode a shot, go back to episode seven. Listen to TSOL. I love the Joe Wood years. Most people who are who are punk purists, yeah, they, they hate, stop. At they the... hate the Joe Wood stuff because he took them eventually into glam metal. Mm. I love it. But I love everything that band did, no matter who the singer is. so anyway, Or drummer, or bass or drummer, player, or, or guitarist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the roadies. Yeah. I don't, care. I don't if, care. If you call it TSOL, I'm probably going to like it. All right. Now, we are going to move. We've been doing mostly American groups, and I think we need to go to the old country if we're really going to celebrate. their spooky someone. things overseas. And we need to go to Norway. Ooh, it's really Ooh, spooky there. Yeah. Real spooky there. Uh-huh. So I'm going to talk path. about a Norwegian death punk band formed in 1989 Damn. called Turbo Negro. Now why a bunch of white pasty dudes from Denmark would call themselves Turbo Negro beyond me, but that's the name of the band. Okay. And this band has been around, like I said, since 1989, they started off as noise rock until establishing their true direction as a death punk and death glam. They created their own genres death glam band in 1995 And you got to go look up on your phone. You got to go look up what this band looks like because in 1995, they figured it out and they wore all denim sailor hats and mustaches. (laughs) (laughs) They look like a cross between the village people and a biker gang. And they have a huge following all over the world. And the the fan club in, in different areas, sort of like a motorcycle club, they wear jackets with, Turbo Jung-in. Patches. yeah, it yeah. says Turbo Jung-in on the back, which I am assuming is Norwegian for something. Yeah, and yeah, you have to be you have to become a member. They have one in Atlanta. They have a Turbo in Atlanta, and anybody who is a member, once you get to a certain point, you get your jacket and you get your your patches on the back, and I, I, and you wear it like a badge. I, of I should honor. look into
2: that. Do so, they, you get jumped in, like the yeah. jump all over and beat your ass? and then I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. how you just pay a dues. Pay I don't know. Dues and
1: Maybe you just have to listen to every album. I don't know. You have to memorize <laughs> stuff. Take a test. <laughs> I don't know. Here's I don't your, know if there's a written test or what.
2: Arm Wrestle, the biggest guy there, and win
1: But this is another band. So when we start listening to it, please go look at them. And then also, this is another band that just has great band names. On guitar, you have Euroboy. The singer, they've had a couple of different singers, but the, the one that's uh, the best, in, in my opinion, is Hank von Helvet. You have Rune Rebellion, Palpo Pamperius. <laughs> and Happy Tom. Oh, like Happy Tom. <laughs>
2: right after Palpo Pomperius. There's Happy Tom over there Pum- sitting in the corner. Pomperius, yes. Pomperius.
1: And the song we're going to play is actually called The Age of Pomperius. So
2: <laughs> This is the dawning of the so, Age of Pomperius.
1: In the in the late 90s, they they put together um what became uh, what they call the Apocalypse Trilogy and they're my three favorite albums by this band. So, so good. I mean, you're talking about a band that has You're a Boy does nothing but lead. He never plays any rhythm. And you have two other guitars. I mean, just heavy on guitar, just great hooks. You're selling me now. You're going to love it. Okay. You're going to love it. Uh, But this, I'm going to play from the very first of the Apocalypse Trilogy. the, The album's called Apocalypse Dudes. It was followed by Scandinavian Leather and finally, Party Animals. But it's part of the Apocalypse Trilogy. And I'm going to play The Age of pamparius from 1998.
2: He did a good job of selling that at the beginning. This is gonna be a really heavy song, some punk edge to it. It starts off like a freaking Super Bowl commercial for Budweiser with Clydesdales walking down the street and <laughs> the Blue Angels are flying overhead. So it took a minute for it to get spooky, and then it paid off. Yeah, it got heavy and spooky. Hank von Hill. Hank von Hill.
1: Good stuff. I like that. Yeah, I I thought about uh, maybe diving into them, doing a deep dive. I the think that's worth home. it. I would like that. And maybe we can find somebody local who's in the Turbo Jungin to come talk to us. Ooh. All, all we have to, to do is wait for there to be shows again, and you can see the jackets. And all we have to do is just find the right guy. Get that vest guy. <laughs> hey, the guy vest, the vest guy! Come here and talk to us about this band. All right. So I mentioned a movie called Black Roses. Mm-hmm. I actually own the soundtrack to Black Roses, the horrible, horrible horror movie from 1988. There were many. Directed by John Fasano and starring John Martin. Huh huh? John Martin. Ken Swafford, Julie Adams, and don't forget Carla Ferrigno.
2: Ferrigno. Is that relation to Lou Ferrigno? Probably not. Incredible Hulk? Probably not. Oh. Just random Ferrigno. A distant
1: cousin. I don't know any of these actors. Third cousin. But that's, cousin. Who, but well, that's I mean, who's in it. That's how you get a job.
2: You know somebody, man. Yeah, my <laughs> uncle on third removed is Lou Frigno.
1: Now, if if you go and put this in Wikipedia, Julie Adams comes up with a link. So she's done something else. None of the other cast have links. <laughs> hmm. Have you checked OnlyFans? Do they have OnlyFans I pages? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> They're but, in their 60s now. I hope not. So here's here's the great movie that we got so it was a new heavy metal band named black roses plays at a sleepy town called mill basin causing the town's kids to turn into rockers however what the town does not know is that the band is also turning kids into demonic monsters
2: they told us about that in church
1: yep That's exactly what what they told us. That's what they
2: said. Especially if you do it backwards. Backwards, yeah. You listen to backwards or forwards. You listen to Ozzy Osbourne. He wears spandex sometimes. He's evil. Well,
1: that was another movie called The Gate. But anyway, (laughs) Um, yeah. So this is a really bad movie. It's so bad that it's awesome. So I recommend it to anyone to go watch this. And the heavy metal band that is featured is actually most of the members of King Cobra. So you got Carmine Appice. He was in Vanilla Fudge.
2: God, that's. super obscure reference.
1: So he is actually the drummer and he's got, he looks like, I mean, he always looks the same as Carmine Apicey, who was this yeah. in this psychedelic band yet. He's in this eighties movie as a demonic drummer. When are we going to have
2: an in film fest for all these obscure films that you oh, throw out there that are, good that are bad, but good this would be that good we could one. screen some of these bad, but good films. I think that's not next
1: year. That's maybe we could make that part of the rockin' pod. We could host a in obscuria film fest film screening. Screening something. in one of the rooms or something. Yeah, I'll talk to Chris about that. Okay. That could be really fun. This would be a great one to do it. So the soundtrack features a lot of prominent bands of the time, like super prominent, like King Cobra. Yeah. And, you know, Lizzie Borden's on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We know about them. There was a band called Tempest on it. No. And, no and, right. That was a good video. And, this is what's so cool, because I didn't even realize it until I was looking through the album. A band from Atlanta, Georgia, is on this soundtrack. And i completely forgotten about this band, so this is what I'm going to play. It's a thrash metal band that was only around in the early 80s. They only lasted until 88. This a band called Hallow's Eve. And they are from Atlanta, Georgia, a thrash metal band. Thrash metal from Atlanta. In Atlanta. And they, they put out three albums from 1983 to 1988. You can still find their debut pretty easily. The other two, I'm not so sure. But they were, what I remember about them is they were on the, uh, the Metal Massacre compilation, which back in the day, that was the compilation. That's how Metallica got their first start. And actually, I think all of the thrash bands who went on to some prominence were at some point in time featured on one of these metal massacre compilations. Mm-hmm. So if you had a song on one of those compilations, they were on volume six. But if you had a song on that, that meant you were an up and coming mm-hmm. thrash band. It was a big deal in the day. But Hallow's Eves. Yeah. So we're going to play a song that is cleverly titled Die. Just, just, die. just die. Yeah. D.I.E. Oh, no, they're really yes. spelling it out. Yes, yes, yes. So Just so I understand. It would be an acronym, I think, is the correct way to say it. Die in excellence. So let's check out a little Atlanta, Georgia thrash metal that happened to be on the Black Roses soundtrack.
2: they're going for in effect uh, I haven't heard anything else from them so I can't really compare them completely to other bands but that one song if you take that song and compare it to early Metallica we understand why Metallica was just peeling the skin off your face compared to that <laughs> song yeah but they yeah. may have had other songs that just completely shredded too but that was your typical heavy going for a really heavy but like I said, you put that side by side with some of the early Metallica that just was made you stand back and go, what the hell was that? What did I just hear? And so that's, it's fun to kind of compare that. But it's also fun to think about that band in Atlanta in the early 80s, some of the gritty, nasty dive bars that they played in that are no longer here uh, I bet they were a lot of fun live. God, yeah. Just a big sweaty crowd. Atlanta's it all, hot. Even in December, it gets hot in those bars. All cut off
1: T-shirts and high tops and denim, jeans and lots of hair. Lots of denim and hair. Lots yeah. of dudes swinging their heads. <laughs> banging, banging, banging. Dun, 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 dun. So it was definitely crunchy and heavy, uh, but... Yeah, you understand well, I understand why they didn't had go much to, further. I had to play them. One, they're on one of the worst horror movie soundtracks of all time. And then two, their name is Hallow's Eve, and it's yeah, it, Halloween. Yeah, it's perfect. So. It, no, it fit perfect. And they happen to be hometown heroes, so... Okay, I'm gonna play for the next song a band that we've actually played before. We featured them on episode thirty six. You remember that one, right? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah that was, was a good one.
2: What was that one again? It was uh the one where we did uh, some obscure music <laughs> and we counted down a list. Oh,
1: oh yes, yes. It was an eighties time capsule. Yeah, episode. yeah, that one. That's yeah. what I was saying. So this is a goth and horror punk band from LA, so they're around at the same time as T S O well and the band we played last week, Christian Death. This was one of those other kind of gothy punk in-between bands. This is a band called 45 Grave. And I think you remember that their lead singer had one hell of a stage name, Miss Dinah Cancer. So very tongue-in-cheek horror music. They were sort of um, a mix of what had come before them with the germs, the bags, and the gun club. And they became more gothy and a little bit more punky. And I don't know. It's 45 Grave. It's cool. I I first heard of them in 1985, they were featured in the movie Return of the Living Dead. I mentioned that before, one of my all-time favorite Halloween movies. In fact, I remember watching that movie on Halloween night with my good buddy Connor Tendall and just being floored and loving the not only the movie but the soundtrack. That's a great, great Halloween soundtrack, Return of the Living Dead. And their song Party Time was featured on it and was actually featured in the movie as they're dancing in the graveyard. This 45 grave song, but I'm going to play a different song from their album, "Sleep and Safety." They only had the one album until finally their second album came out in 2012. <laughs> Long period in between Don't rush into it. but I'm going to play a song It's a little bit longer, but it's a great tune called "Procession) <laughs>
2: know how to make that sound effect
1: you have it right over there, right over right? there
2: <laughs> <laughs> i have played with that sound effect for hours and hours for years creepy enough for you it, it was more weird than creepy but I, I like weird so it satisfied that either way
1: well, if you listen to the lyrics it was basically the procession of the goth girl <laughs> is what it was so i I, thinking, actually, I think i've dated her i love that band good album like i said don't have a lot to listen to other than that one album, really. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good one. Brief
2: time here in the always music go back, world.
1: I always go back to it at Halloween especially. So I have one more song for you. Are, are you getting creeped out enough yet? I got chills, man. They're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, uh, not uh, no, that, that's not creepy. That actually does creep me out. That <laughs> really does. John
2: Travolta and it in <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Creepy Grease. So I'm actually, um, I hate that we're ending, but it is Halloween and we can't continue on with this much longer, so I'm just going to milk the sound effects while I I can. I think you should, because I love the sound effects. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going to talk too much about this next band. We'll just let these creepy sound effects lead into a band that's not that obscure, but maybe somewhat forgotten in the US a little German band that we've talked about before and I'll just leave it at that
2: That's got to be one of the happiest, scary songs out there. That is a happy song.
1: It's Halloween, It's supposed to be scary. That's how they do it.
2: God, I forgot how talented. I mean, all of them.
1: Damn. Such a good band. Did they
2: not completely rip off that last chord from the Beatles?
1: Oh, it's, it's totally lifted from the Beatles. Okay, But good. I didn't know that as a kid when I listened to it. I thought that was brilliant, and then I heard it on the Beatles. And <laughs> right. like, uh, oh.
2: <laughs> the Beatles did it. It's like the Simpsons yeah. did it. The Beatles yeah. did it yeah, sooner or later. Exactly. That great. Was great. That great. gets your blood going right there, man. Yeah. I
1: love that. German power metal band formed in 1984 in Hamburg, Germany, West Germany at the time. Mm, hamburgers. We talked about them in episode 43 with our friend Captain so 43 Ryan. or
2: 42? 42? 43?
1: <laughs> Why don't you check your records? Let me check. Let me go back. No, it was 43. You're right. Yeah, sorry. Get your compass out. <laughs> <laughs> your protractor. <laughs> My pocket protector protractor. Uh, so I remember uh, seeing an ad for them in Rip Magazine was where I first discovered Halloween. And the ad was a drawing I didn't know at the time it was featured in the album artwork on the inside, but mm. it was a, a blow-up of a, a drawing of a jack-o'-lantern, and there was a lady who was playing leapfrog over the top of it, and she happened to not be wearing any pants. Leapfrog, is, in quotation marks. Yes, leapfrog. leapfrog frog. And, yes. and the pumpkin stem, of right course, there. is, <clears> is throat> directly... Throat> yeah, so <coughs> as, as a young lad, I remember seeing that ad and going... Huh. I don't know who they are.
2: I'm excited about this but I, ad or the band or something. I I'm have not to sure. explore more. <laughs> That's what you called it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, are you exploring in your bedroom? I'm just reading my RIP
1: magazine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lunch is ready.
1: Yeah. And I think I mentioned when we talked about them before, uh, our good friend Brandon Still had a poster on his wall. I don't remember how he got it. I think he got it from the same record store perhaps, but it was the Headbangers Ball Tour featuring... Mm-hmm exodus halloween and anthrax and i just i don't know something about every time i hear this band i think of that poster because yeah. it's on his wall we had it in our band room yes we back in the day but i, I super, like the band oh sorry you're right go ahead i was just gonna say super successful band don't really belong on on here but it is halloween you can't have halloween without Halloween. Oh, we're
2: breaking the rules this is our 50th anniversary so exactly or 50th episode anniversary but that was one of the bands i was into metallica and all the mainstream been would we we'll look at bands like halloween and it was a little too silly back then to me mm-hmm. and the the gimmicky type thing and i'd maybe listen to a snippet of it and it just sounded way over the top and now i'm glad that looking back i can appreciate once again the talent it took to be over the top mm-hmm. it's not easy to be over the top and those guys nailed it so it just takes it took a while for me to kind of Figure out how to appreciate that, and it took till I was in a band myself to understand that's hard to do.
1: Yeah, but and if, they had. If you really want to appreciate it, they have 15 albums, so you yeah, can really you appreciate, you can really dive in. Yes, uh, I remember also when. Uh, Bruce Dickinson announced that he was leaving Iron Maiden. I was thinking uh, this guy was a dead, dead ringer. I thought for that. that did,
2: job. I, I say that to a lot of bands, but that guy especially Michael could have Kiska. nailed
1: it. Yeah, and he was at that point in time. I believe he had left Halloween, so he was he was available. He was available. I think he was doing pop music though. <laughs> but I don't know why they didn't approach him because the guy they got, God, he was yeah. Anyway, I don't, rem- I don't even remember it well. It's not worth his name was Blaze Bailey, but. He yeah. didn't sound. I think they were trying to get away from somebody trying to sound like Bruce. But they were trying to go. In a different it worked direction. really well for Judas Priest, so they probably should have taken note. Yeah. But anyway, so that's what I have for you. I'm, yeah. I'm actually a little sad to to not have Halloween anymore next week because <laughs> I've really enjoyed putting together these little <laughs> we could, sound. Clips. We could go ahead and record next year's episode. We could. We could just keep going. I mean, we are in obscuria, yeah. so we do we do uh, have a little bit of a horror slant with everything we do. Do you
2: remember but, me getting kicked out of the haunted house? You were with us, I'm pretty sure. What year would have this have been? Oh, I was uh, 18 years ago. About eighteen years ago, I was in early thirties. Something uh, way evolved. back here. Yeah, this is stuff you do in, in like high school. But no, in my early thirties, I got kicked out of a haunted house because I was going behind the scenes and scaring the actors, <laughs> <laughs> sneaking up on them. <laughs> and also,
1: that is so, Robert.
2: Yeah, I got bored with the haunted house, so I was sneaking behind the scenes and scaring the actors that were waiting to scare people. And I remember like a door opening and somebody grabbed me. And drugged me and threw me out the back. It was in an old industrial warehouse in the middle of nowhere, and they threw me out the back of the building and then closed the door. And it's dark. There's kudzu, and I didn't know where the hell I was. So I had to like climb through a ditch to get around to the back to the front of the building where you guys were waiting for me. Like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> so that's kind of my haunted house memory that I just thought about right now as we're doing the Halloween episode. So nice added that to the list of places I've been thrown out of.
1: All right, well, tomorrow is officially Halloween. We're celebrating a day early as the 30th. Trick or damn treat. Yeah, go out there and enjoy it. Try to forget all this crap that's going on. Just dress up and walk up
2: and down the street. You don't have to actually go trick-or-treating.
1: And remember, we said it last week. You're supposed to be dressed up while you're listening to this, but definitely dress up like your favorite podcaster tomorrow Mm -hmm. when you go out for Halloween. All you have to do is get a black T-shirt, a pair of jean shorts. Headphones. Jorts. uh, Jorts (laughs) and headphones. And some headphones maybe uh, pack on a few uh, pounds eat some candy early yeah and um, yeah you'll look just like one of us so there you go there's your, your Halloween costume a podcaster I'm gonna go out with the entire song we've been playing snippets from the song nobody has guessed it we've been playing at the end of the episode the band Goblin and they are an Italian band who actually inspired our name and our logo They're an Italian band who's been on a a ton of 70s and 80s horror movies. They were a lot of uh, the—in fact, all of the dead movies, I believe, they did soundtracks for those. There's a a soundtrack they did called Suspiria, and that's where In Obscuria came from. And even the way that I write the word In Obscuria, Ah. that's kind of where it came from. So a little connection here. But I'm going to play the theme song, and and it's in— Italian. So I'm just going to say it's the zombie theme song. So this is from Dawn of the Dead. This is, we're going to go out on this. So happy Halloween. Happy, happy 50th episode. Happy 50th happy episode. Happy one year anniversary to In Obscuria. episode anniversary. We will see you next time. Later.
2: quiet